your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. All right, welcome to the Locked On Longhorn podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow the show, LO underscore Longhorns. You can follow my co-host, Cammy at CammyAnG. Cammy, it is Wednesday. We are on the, I guess you could call this NFL Draft Eve. NFL Draft will get started on Thursday. Uh, probably won't hear any Longhorn names until Friday, but I still get excited about the NFL Draft. And we'll talk a lot about the NFL Draft in our last segment of this show. But I wanted to start off with some football recruiting updates. There are a couple of four-star prospects that we need to get some details on. Yes, there is. And I feel like we've been speaking about recruiting offers and things like that regarding football, at least several of them each segment or each time we record. So that's a good thing because they're definitely um, not slowing down in that sense. But they did offer four-star wide receiver Theodore Knox. Um, He's been offered by Texas, but what happened was Knox kind of mentioned his top remaining schools. And he's actually the number 29 receiver in the nation right now. He's definitely got some speed on him. He's the fastest recruit in the state of Texas for the 2021 recruiting class. He mentioned recently that he's been speaking often with receivers coach Andre Coleman. He loves Coleman's intensity, and he kind of feels like he can fit the role that Devin DuVernay played for Texas last season. So his primary two schools in the running right now are Texas and Mississippi State. I think he's kind of leaning towards Mississippi State at the moment. Uh, They're going hard at him. They were one of the first schools to offer him but I think if Herman can land him that would be a huge get obviously um, they love speed over there at skill positions so um, I thought that was interesting that Texas has a great chance at him well you know it's interesting that Mississippi State with new head coach Mike Leach who obviously likes to go fast I mean we've known about that offense for years so it's not surprising that Knox is on their radar as well Uh, like you said though they do like speed at Texas and it would be nice to get him kind of in that role of a Devin DuVernay who did had an outstanding season and Texas is really going to have to find a way to replace that production. Uh, but Knox would be a, a great get for this class and uh, a pick that I really like. Uh, and then there was also a someone on the defensive side of the ball, which seems like we've been talking about the defense an awful lot lately. Obviously their need have a need that, defensive back they have a need a defensive line uh so which was the other prospect that they recently offered yeah this one is definitely a lot more recent they just offered four-star outside linebacker Jalen Sneed out of South Carolina on Monday and actually Alabama offered him on Tuesday so several well-respected programs are after him already considering he's a 2022 recruit Uh, But Texas obviously is desperate for depth at linebacker right now. I know we discuss this often. Um, And landing one of the top linebackers in the class would be a huge win for both Herman and Chris Ash. I did find it funny that his coach in high school, Jalen Sneed's coach, tagged Puna Ford in the announcement that he was offered by the University of Texas. So maybe Texas is using a former player in Puna to sway him to the University of Texas out of South Carolina. Yeah, and I think Puna actually responded to that or tweeted about him or something. He was pretty excited because they're both uh, from the same area. Yeah, he tweeted about time. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so uh, obviously a guy that uh, I guess Puna knows about. or uh, I have to look and see if there were some ties there with Puna Ford. So uh, I didn't really dive too much into it. I just thought it was funny. 
I think Pune is either from the area or went to that same high school. So um, I know they have some type of tie between each other. Yeah, well, something I'll have to look into just to just to see because I just thought it was interesting that of all people they were tagging him in the in the tweet. But also on the along the lines, and, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying about the speedster. Uh, there's another former Texas speedster that could be on the move. Marquise Goodwin has been rumored to be on the move pro, uh, before the NFL draft, probably to free up some cap space. Uh, but uh, definitely a name that could be on the move. He really was, you know, injured uh, this last season. Who he didn't really get to play, but um, you know, Goodwin's a guy that we've talked about a couple of times in recent episodes. But he's a guy that could be on the move, and and I'm sure there are some teams that need wide receiver that could desperately use him. I agree. I think there's going to be numerous suitors for him. And I think it's kind of been a long time coming for San Francisco in terms of wanting to trade him whenever he was healthy. Um, I think they will be able to trade him. I don't think he'll need to be released or anything. And I know he was linked to Dallas a little bit, but who wasn't at this point? I know uh, there's a lot of speculation between Christian Kirk, uh, Goodwin, Des Bryant, um, all kinds of wide receivers have pretty much been linked to Dallas right now. So I'm not sure um, in terms of how realistic it would be for Dallas to land Goodwin, but um, I know he will find a new home and I'll, hopefully he'll succeed there. You know, Marquise Goodwin's a guy who has speed, and I think that the Kansas City Chiefs could use some speed like that. I mean, it's not like they already have fast guys, right? Uh, but they're definitely a team, I think, but you're right about the Dallas Cowboys as a team. I, it was rumored, speculation, and then somebody discounted that rumor. Uh, uh, Benjamin Albright, who's an NFL insider, he, he said that that wasn't true. So who knows, but I would definitely look for Marquise Goodwin to be on the move. Uh, prior to the draft, during the draft, might get some draft trades going on. It's going to be really interesting with this virtual trades, the the virtual draft, I should say. So, you know, he is a name on there. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to get into some comments from Herman as far as the depth chart for the upcoming class is concerned. Okay, so on the last podcast episode we kind of talked about B. John robinson as a top 25 running back in the entire college football landscape for the 2020 season uh it was a guy that we kind of struggled with like as far as the depth chart is concerned does he get snaps over keontae ingram roshan johnson who we kind of feel is the one and two guys uh johnson less so uh, obviously, he moved over for need and he did well, but I think just because of where they see Bijan, I think he gets snaps over him. Um, and it was mentioned last week by Tom Herman uh, that Bijan was one of the players uh, who come to the top of his mind as far as uh, when he was asked about time and immediate contributions in, as far as the newcoming class. And so is it a stretch to think by the time that we actually get into conference play that Bijan might just be the starting running back or at least getting a bulk of the snaps of, of pulling them away from Roshan? Not necessarily. I think that's probably pretty realistic. I'd probably bet uh, by midseason, if not by conference play. But I think um, how I'd kind of compare it is to how Roshan Johnson kind of as the season progressed last season 
Um, he kind of got more and more snaps taken away from Keontae Ingram and things like that. And at times he looked like the best running back on the field and they weren't scared to use him in big moments or anything. So I think they're kind of just going to jump in with Bijan. And um, I think we'll see the field fairly early. And as long as he's successful and playing well, and um, obviously is comfortable with the offense and things like that, I think by the end of the season, he will for sure be the starter. Yeah. It's, it kind of seems like that, you know, it, at first light, when you look at it, we're kind of like, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about Bijan taking being, you know, top 25 running back off the jump. But, you know, the more that you think about it and you look at the offense, it, it makes a lot of sense, um, you know, being that uh, they are very reliant on their running game. Uh, obviously, injuries happen. You never know when they might pop up, a la Jordan Whittington, who was the whole reason that they had to push Roshan from quarterback to running back in the first place because they were reliant on him. And he obviously had the injury, gone for the year. A um, couple other names that they listed here, and we'll touch on Alfred Collins. Obviously, we talked about him several times in the last few podcasts. Alfred Collins is a guy who we expect is going to step up immediately and take over in that strong side defensive end. Um, he was another name that Tom Herman mentioned. Yeah, and I think um, Bijan and Collins, just because they're kind of five-star recruits, are kind of no-brainers. You want them um, at that high of a rating to be able to contribute immediately, which they should be able to. I mean, Collins has great size. Um, obviously, the spring is kind of hindering the newcomers just because they're not really um, – on the field with the team, getting comfortable, you know, like the usual uh, routine type of things that would probably put them ahead of others, um, even though Colin's not at school yet. But I think he will get playing time early. Um, I'm not sure, obviously, how much. I don't think he, he'll he be a starter right away. Um, but Herman also mentioned Dorba at the linebacker position. I believe he was a four-star. And he should – I thought that was the most interesting of the three because um, Texas obviously needs depth at linebacker. And I think he can actually uh, come in and contribute immediately as well. Yeah, we talk about Colin, just to circle back to that comment. I mean, the guy's 6'5 and 284 according to 24-7's profile of him. So, obviously, he's already at game size. Um, he might put He might drop a few pounds probably, maybe in that 260 range. 265, 270, but, uh, you know, I think he steps in immediately. Like you said, Dorba, I think he's on the lighter side, but it seems like Dorba is a guy who, who's going to come in immediately, maybe take some rotational snaps uh, at linebacker at that jack position, rushing the passer along with Joseph Asai, maybe rotating them around, or maybe having them on the field at the same time and having Dorba rush off the backside of, of Collins. So, I mean, there's multiple ways that they can look at it. It was interesting that they were listed up there. Uh, Xavier Alford is another person that wasn't talked about by Herman, but he's a guy that I think could see some snaps early, especially if uh, B.J. Foster uh, struggles or, you know, he dealt with some injuries as well this last season. Uh, Caden Stearns needs to stay healthy as well. So he's uh, one of the safeties uh, out of Shadow Creek that I think could see some playing time early on in the upcoming season and a guy that I think is going to be pretty high on the two deep chart when it comes out. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think when you look at the four that we've mentioned as a whole, Bijan and Collins are obviously no-brainers. They're a five-star prospect. Dorba fills a major void at Texas. And Xavier, like you mentioned, is joining a secondary that's been battling injuries, with is what seems like nonstop. There's numerous uh, cornerback and safety injuries throughout the season. They kind of have to shuffle people around at times. But hopefully they can stay healthy. And um, I do think he's probably one to watch, kind of a black horse to receive more playing time this season. Yeah, I, I think that that definitely could be right up there. Um, we'll get into more of that. But as speaking of recruiting classes, rankings, the 2021 class rankings, we decided to take a look and see kind of where Texas stood. Uh, still a top 15 class, despite the fact that they do not have uh, as many commitments right now. I think what I found to be a little surprising is where our biggest rivals were listed in the Big 12 rankings. Down at number seven was Oklahoma. Maybe they're just slow going right now, and Texas got off to a hot start, and maybe that's why. But you have Texas at number one, and then you have Oklahoma at number seven. Yeah, so in terms of the Big 12, Texas is at number one and Oklahoma is at number seven, which is kind of shocking for Oklahoma, but not quite for Texas. But the Longhorns do have six commitments right now, which isn't a lot. So that's kind of what dropped them in the national rankings. They're currently sitting at number 16. But I think if they were to land uh, offensive linemen, the brothers, the Brockemeyer brothers, uh, that'll obviously shoot them up the list. Um, but I'm hoping they'll finish the 2021 cycle in the top 10. Um, that's kind of been what Herman's, um, I guess, past few seasons have gone along. So hopefully he keeps that trend. But right now, I don't think it's uh, I think it's a little too early to worry just because they only have six commitments right now. But of those six commitments, they're really strong. I mean, there's only one three star and the rest are four or five star commitments. So um, I think they're in a good spot right now. Yeah. I mean, you look at this class, uh, it may be early on, but they have a lot going for them. Uh, aside from Milrow, who, like you said, Alabama's gunning for him, but I don't think Texas is really going to have to worry. I'd be surprised when it comes to National Signing Day if the LOI does not have is not signed for Texas. That would be shocking to me. Uh, then you have Billy Bowman from Denton Ryan, uh, who can bring some punt return. Uh, he's an athlete listed as a wide receiver. Uh, his teammate up there in Denton Ryan, Jatavion Sanders, is going to come in and be a pass rusher. So I I think that when you look at it, there's a lot of Good names, and there's a lot of work left to do. Like you said, only six right now committed. I would project they're probably going to have between 12 and 15 guys signed by the time National Signing Day hits uh, in February. Yeah, I agree. And like I mentioned, hopefully Herman can keep the trend of uh, being a top 10 uh, recruiting class nationally. I think it's going to take a little work to get to that point. But what I was kind of the most surprised about was how high and how successful, I guess, on the recruiting trail Mac Brown has been doing at UNC. I feel like he's uh, what seems like immediately turning that program around. Yeah, it's a little bit shocking um, to see North Carolina kind of up there where they're at. Uh, I guess not so much surprising because, as Longhorn fans know, we saw the kind of recruiting that he was able to do at the University of Texas. You know, maybe the break and going on ESPN TV was good for him. It let him kind of get prepared for his next role. Uh, steps right into North Carolina. They already have one of the top quarterbacks, uh, ranked just behind Sam Ellinger and almost every national quarterback ranking out there. Um, and then they're just continuing to do to out, go out there and recruit well. So I, I don't know. Are you shocked at all? Because I'm really not. 
Not quite. I mean, he did have uh, tons, I want to say, not even just several, uh, highly rated recruiting classes while at Texas. I know the, like, the past couple of years he was in Austin, um, kind of fell off, but I think he's a genuine guy. I think he could bring in and make a lot of uh, young players feel comfortable there. Um, he genuinely loves being in at UNC, uh, that area. He said if he were to ever come back to coaching, it would be there at Texas. So um, I think it's, uh, he's just a genuine guy. He He's having fun. He wants to be there. He has a young, successful quarterback already. So I think they're going to have a lot of success moving forward. Yeah, they should have a lot of success. So it's, it's not surprising to me or you. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to get into some NFL draft talk with maybe what we're looking forward to most. All right, Kimmy, so on tomorrow, on Thursday, begins the NFL draft. I got to know, what are you most looking forward to with the NFL draft coming up? Ooh, I'd be, I want to say I'm most interested to see where the quarterbacks land this season. I know Burrow is pretty much a solid bet at number one overall, but between Tuau and Herbert and Jordan Love, it should be an interesting sequence. I'm not sure if Miami is for sure going to pull the trigger on Tuau at five or not. I know they have several picks in the first few rounds. So I would say that's what I'm most excited about other than the Cowboys selection at number 17, of course. But I guess if I had a runner up, it would kind of be what Washington does at number two, but I think they'd be a little crazy to not select Chase Young there, but you never know. Washington um, is known to be a little crazy, so I think it'll be a fun first round. Yeah, the on Thursday, I, I am rooting for chaos in that uh, maybe a player that most people don't think is going to go in the first round goes there uh, and maybe make some people question some of the decisions. I always enjoy that. Obviously, the trades are fun. I always look forward to all the trades and how they like to, how teams like to jump around. So hopefully, there's a lot of trading going on. It's going to be interesting with how some of the uh, issues that they're dealing with with the virtual draft. And we'll just get we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, but one thing I'm looking forward to is Colin Johnson. He's a guy that, for whatever reason was talked about a lot early on in the draft process. And then as it's gone on, and we and we know we've mentioned time and time again how this draft class is very deep at wide receiver, but it seems like as time has gone on, Colin Johnson just keeps sliding down and further and further to the point where nobody's even talking about him anymore. So because of maybe some of the comments that were made uh, by Ian Rappaport saying that they've been more wrong this year than in years past, Maybe Colin Johnson is going to climb back up that board. So I'm really interested to see where Colin Johnson goes and where he could be slotted as far as which round he actually comes out. Yeah, I agree. And I was just thinking about this the other day while I was on my walk, actually, that between the top three, so the trio of Texas prospects in the draft this year between Colin Johnson, Devin DuVernay, and Brandon Jones, for some reason, I think Colin Johnson, even though he's likely to be selected last out of that trio I think he's going to have the most memorable NFL career he just is able he's obviously big bodied which a lot of teams need and um, is obviously kind of rare and unique and he makes those circuits catches I just think he's going to have a successful career no matter where he's taken so I'm looking forward to see which team lands him yeah some teams that you should keep an eye on for Colin Johnson New Orleans Saints are a team that uh, I could see him going to they need a, a true outside receiver so Michael Thomas can move around a little bit, give Drew Brees another weapon. 
And they might need all the weapons now that Gronkowski's going to Tampa Bay. Oh, gosh. And you know what I was thinking when we were talking about what we're excited to or looking forward to in terms of the draft? I'm curious, and I thought that was a good trade, by the way, Gronk going to Tampa for both sides, um, both what New England gave up and what they received and obviously what Tampa received. But I'm curious to see what New England does at the quarterback position. Are they just expecting to tank this season and hopefully luck into Trevor Lawrence? I'm not really sure how they're planning their future at that position right now. I think they're going to go with Jared Stidham. Honestly, I, that's what I think they're going to do uh, as far as they're, they're concerned. Um, but to, to go back to Colin Johnson, uh, Washington, that's another team that I think could use a wide receiver. Um, so they're a team that I would keep an eye on. And I wouldn't rule out Dallas to Colin Johnson. And I wouldn't rule out Dallas for Devin DuVernay either. Uh, who are some some spots for Devin that you think? Yeah, I agree. D Dallas is obviously in need of a slot receiver. Um, I think it would have to be kind of a later pick for DuVernay. I think DuVernay is kind of going to be gone uh, by the time Dallas would feel comfortable selecting him. But if I had to bet, I'd say DuVernay lands with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not sure which round the Ravens would intend to pick him in. It'd probably be the uh, second or third round. But I think it's clear their interest in DuVernay has been noted, and they really want a consistent playmaker alongside Hollywood Brown. So if I were to bet on one organization to take a shot on DuVernay early, it'd be the Ravens. Yeah, I could see the Ravens. Raiders are another team. Um, I could see the Patriots. Uh, so uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, if they don't take a wide receiver early, I could see them going there as well. Um, so, I mean, there are so many spots for these guys. Um, I'm interested to see where Brandon Jones, how high he goes. Um, you know, not somebody that we talk about enough. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm really interested where he goes. He could go to Buffalo. He could go to Philadelphia. He could go to Dallas. Once again, they need safety help. Um, you know, so it's it's so wide open where these guys could go. So it's really going to be fun to watch the trio. Uh, Malcolm Roach, uh, who I apologize on the last podcast, I said Malcolm Brown. Uh, Malcolm Roach, uh, I, I can't wait to kind of see where he's going to go on day three. Uh, we have the virtual draft going on, and I thought it was quite comical when they started reporting about some of the glitches and bandwidth problems that they were having with their mock trial run. Yeah, I know. And I think at first I felt kind of bad, but I think the glitches right now are what's expected when you're running walkthroughs like that per se. But it's also that type of situation that you can't really prepare for. Um, it's kind of just winging it and hoping for the best because it's something that you don't necessarily expect to have to happen. And it did. So I hope everything gets worked out before Thursday night and that it's as enjoyable as possible for organizations, players and fans. And I'm going to try to remind myself that even if there are glitches or mishaps, uh, throughout that virtual show that at least we're still able to witness the NFL draft in some capacity that it's still on time. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was funny that uh, Jay Glazer reported that in this virtual mock draft run, that the Cowboys actually traded up for the number one pick. So that's interesting. I don't think it would actually happen that way. Uh, obviously it was just a trial run. But that's interesting that they traded all the way up to number one. Uh, all right. So I got to know, Kami, when it comes down to the draft on Thursday night, how are you going to be watching the draft? Oh, I'm prepared. I, I've been waiting all week because I want to uh, go pick up some wings. I want to have queso. I want to have a cold beer. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. Obviously, uh, we don't expect any Texas Longhorns to be selected um, until Friday in the second or third round. So 
I'm looking forward to just having fun over the first round, um, hoping for chaos, trades, uh, surprises, whatever it may be. What about you? What do you have planned? I'm working, actually. Uh, because I do work with DraftWire, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group, I will be working um, as soon as the Cowboys make their pick. I then have to do a podcast on that. So, yeah, I'll be working. It's it's not going to be so much relaxing. Maybe that first 15 picks or so, I can relax a little bit, kind of enjoy it. Uh, but once 17 rolls around, I, I, I got to get to work. So, uh, But I hope to enjoy myself, and I, I'll have multiple screens up you know, with my laptop TV so that I'm getting the full experience of everything going on in the NFL draft. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, everyone knows we're both Cowboys fans by now. We keep mentioning the Cowboys at uh, pick number 17, but that's obviously the first draft that Mike McCarthy is going to be in charge of. So I'm curious to see, um, does he have some guts to move up, move down, what it may be. So maybe we'll just stay put. Okay, so right now, I'm going to ask you, which Longhorn goes off the draft? off the board first you have to pick one right now i want to i want a player and i want the team okay i'm feeling pretty confident in duvernay to the ravens but if you were to ask me about a week and a half ago i probably would have set brandon jones off the board first uh you're gonna go duvernay to the ravens in what round Ah, gosh he's been mocked as high as the second round but i'm gonna play it a little bit safe here and say third round okay putting all the chips on the table what Devin do you got? Duver- Devin Duvernay to the New England Patriots in round two. Ooh, I like that fit. I'm just not sure if they'll pull the trigger that early. I never put anything past the hoodie. I mean, that man, <laughs> that man does some moves where you kind of question it, but, you know, he's a six-time Super Bowl champ and a Hall of Famer. So I don't know. I don't think you can question anything that that man does, but if he was going to do it, that's the spot I think would happen. Second round, Duvernay. Uh, I, I I have a toss-up between him and Brandon Jones. Uh, I think Brandon goes in the third, but I'll go Duvernay highest. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I think your smart device to play the latest edition of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. For Cammie, I am Patrick, and we will see you on Friday. Hook them. <laughs>